Welcome to Cast Party, High School Theater Revisited. I'm here with Corey Steinfast. He is, among many things, the director of sales at Broadway Plus. Um, but like all of us, and most importantly, the reason why we're here, he did theater in high school. Um, Corey, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Michael. This will yeah, be fun. No, of course. Uh, we were just talking a little bit before and just hearing the names of some of the shows we're going to be talking about. I'm already very excited to hear how this conversation goes. Um, so to start off, why don't you just tell everyone where you went to high school and maybe like a quick elevator pitch for the theater program, what it was like? Absolutely. So I went to Roslyn High School uh, in Roslyn, uh, New York, which is about a half hour out of the city on Long Island. Um, my theater program was really interesting, I have to say. Um, I, Roslyn was voted by Time Magazine as the sixth most posh school district in the country when I was, when I was there in high school. So I, I think you could kind of assume, you know, where I'm going in terms of what type of school it was. Um, but the theater program, you know, my director kind of prided himself on doing musicals that you would never really do in high schools. Um... I can, you know, I was just trying to look at the list of all the different school, all, all the different, you know, shows that he did. But this this guy was doing like Scarlet Pimpernel and Secret Garden and Men La Mancha, Aida, Urinetown, you know, like I have very clear memories of seeing uh, a, a production of Les Mis when I was maybe in elementary school that had like 85 people in it. And it was like the epic, the epic of the season. Um, but it it was, it was very, it was, it was... Uh, you know, it was, it was very, I don't want to say abusive, that's not the right word for it, but, sure. you know, it was, there was a lot of nuance to the relationship I had with my director and the department as a whole. Yeah, I mean, those, like, theater environments with, combined with young people have that potential to turn toxic, again, might be, like, an intense term to use, but there's definitely foul play and politics and all that to come into play. Absolutely. I, I fully understand. Um, and my director definitely was a frustrated, um, you know, he loved teaching and he was our chorus teacher as well as the director and our music. You know, he wore every single hat and wouldn't have it any other way. Like the man would have built the sets himself if he could have. Um, he but is, he didn't. But he didn't. He did not. No, he physically couldn't handle that. But he was definitely like a frustrated, struggling creative, but still had been in this, you know, very lofty... Um, role you know this this very lusted after role in the school and you know he was the only one that had an entire office to himself he lived his life like better than any other teacher in the entire school okay that's very interesting because sometimes you get the opposite where it's like the theater apartment yeah. is shut off to the side and they don't even get an Correct. office but yep. meanwhile i'm picturing like a ceo in like a it, it is yeah that's a good and the other thing to note is we didn't have a theater we didn't have any like theater classes or programming at all it was just rcp which stood for the royal crown, crown players which was the the um the you know the name of the the troop of our high school so that was the only theater thing that we had pretty much in in the whole school so was it cutthroat then if it was just this after school stuff? Um, yes and no. I think it really depended on the year. You know, like I never, uh, toss, toss, I never felt threatened. Um, <laughs> but I definitely was that, that, you know, the kid who had some talent and was kind of in a very niche 
position to, I, I was a very high tenor um, at the time and kind of, you know, a lot, a lot of the shows, he picks star vehicles for his people as many other high school directors do. Um, but he, uh, it was, it was interesting. It was a very interesting, you know, four years. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, to say the least, um, I think some like hearing what you're saying, um, something that is jumping out at me too, is like, if you're, if you're getting exposed to shows like the Scarlet Pimpernel and Les Mis and some of the other ones you mentioned at a younger age, do you think that there's like this benefit of seeing that stuff when you're younger and then like learning the whole canon at such a young age or absolutely I, I don't yeah, know I, yeah yeah I mean I, I tie a lot you know the majority of my creative self I think comes not necessarily even from my high school performances but I went to a you know a, a theater sleepaway camp for 12 years um Frenchwoods I'm familiar with Frenchwoods yes, yes I was there for I was there for 12 years so I really I, I lived my life there um, but I, I remember truly the first two shows, I was eight years old, literally. And the first two shows I saw when I got there were Parade and Cabaret. And I will never forget those two shows for the rest of my life. Yeah. Did I you was, get I what was, was going on? Old. Absolutely not. No, but I do specifically remember the hanging scene in Parade. Okay. I mean, yeah, I get it. But you probably didn't even realize there were Nazis in Cabaret. Oh, until, like, uh, absolutely years not. No, nope. Nope. Just like Nazis and... Jew haters, you know. I mean, both of those shows, really, yeah. Yeah, okay. but I, I definitely do accredit a lot of my, you know, I, I am, I do have a very wide canon of musical theater knowledge that a lot of people definitely don't have, um, and I a hundred percent accredit it to, you know, stuff like my my high school doing very unique shows, you know, like you wouldn't catch my director doing like Bye Bye Birdie in Greece. Like those were never in his vocabulary ever. Not to say that there is anything wrong with Bye Bye Birdie in Greece, but um, he was, he was really interested in doing the artsy different, you know, like, like uh, adult shows Um, (laughs) and adult shows they were. So let's dive into some of these adult shows then. What what is a show that jumps out at you um, as being one of the adult shows that you did? Yeah, so probably the first one. My very first show that I was in um, was Miss Saigon, um, which uh, <laughs> I, I lived in a very white, affluent Jewish neighborhood uh, and area, and there were not many people of color, but this was back in probably 2008 so I was a freshman in in high school at the time so I Mm -hmm. think I like I hate to say like oh it was a different time but it really it was you know I don't think a school I don't think Rosalind would ever have considered a show like that um now given given you know the world but uh the reason that show kind of comes to mind is because I actually was on a reality tv show during um, the film, or I was filming a reality TV show during Miss Saigon, and uh, the show was a center point of my story, if you will, um, throughout the the MTV reality show. What was the reality show? Uh, so it was True Life. I'm a high school freshman, so I was followed around by MTV cameras and producers for six months, every day from my my very first day of high school all the way through pretty much march of i yeah september september december january february yeah it was six months because i I filmed straight through um up until miss saigon um 
was in rehearsal in the spring. So that that was kind of the center point. And, you know, Miss Saigon became the, 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 the you know, the, 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 it brought everything together, if you will. Yeah. But did that make you like the coolest kid in school or did it have the opposite effect where you were kind of shunned for being the kid with the film crew following him around? It was a mix. You know, I, uh, you know, my grade in particular, there weren't many theatrical people. Um, I had a very interesting grade in comparison to some of the others. So I think that, uh, you know, a lot of the time attention was on me just across the board because I was just the slightest bit different. You know, there was a lot of, um, you know, the majority were typical jocks, athletes, and, and that vibe, and I, I very clearly wasn't that. Um, so I think attention had, had always been on me in some regard, so this kind of just escalated that up, um, and it was a really interesting experience, to say the least. Did it affect the way you entered Miss Saigon? Like, going into um, auditions, was there this weird pressure no, because... No, I, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think they were hoping for a, a good outcome because that would have put a nice, you know, bow on the story, if you will. Um, but it was, you know, I I looked up to my high school theater program my entire life, pretty much. You know, like, it was everything... I, I, I remember going to see shows and being like, wow, I want to do that one day. So now that I was finally there in that place at that point, um, it really, it was, it, you know, I definitely put a lot of pressure on me and put a lot of pressure on myself. And, you know, I wanted to prove myself. I am definitely someone who thrives in environments where I feel like I am uh, in a position of what's the right word? Like, like, like I, I wanted to be known early, you know, I established, gotcha. I tend to establish myself in places very early. Um, and I kind of wanted to be known right off the bat as somebody who was talented, you know, I had not done very many ensembles in my life. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of come in with a bang. So, and did uh, you bang, come in with a bang? I did come in with a bang. Yes. Um, I, beat out a senior, a graduating senior um, in Miss Saigon for the part of Tui, which was the uh, communist cousin of um, Kim, who uh, was trying to defect um, to the United States with her soldier U.S. American boyfriend. Um, and I was the, the, the antagonist in the show. So... That happened while you were filming or that, that happened? Was yes. Yes. That happened while I was filming. So basically the, the fall comes, the first show we do is Noises Off. I don't get cast in Noises Off. I decide to work in the box office. So I'm working in the box office and, you know, my director uh, was, was a, um, you know, he was a, he was a, a, a flamboyant, he was a very flamboyant man um, in his, in his own way. And definitely played to the cameras a lot more than I did. So he became a part of the show sometimes even more than I did because he was just <laughs> absolutely eating, absolutely eating it up, you know, loved every moment of it. Um, but he, uh, you know, so, so that was kind of like my, my through line was like, Oh, I didn't get, I didn't get the show. I, I did a callback for noises off and the fire alarms went off and that was a whole big thing. And it was just all this, this ridiculous and, yeah. you know, theatery stuff kind of all thrown into one. Um, there were definitely, the True Life episode had, like, one um, 
girl who was like traditional like like just wants to be popular be a cheerleader there was one um skater bro who just kind of was a bit of a dead weight and then there was me so it was very three very clear niches um so i didn't get cast in noises off and that was that was a whole thing um my school my <laughs> the stage manager used to call us to let us know that we got callbacks and and the roles so he it's wow. a, it was it became a whole thing yes they'd individually call us to tell us that we got the role or didn't get the role literally it was it was as if we were in a fucking equity production um they don't even do that in equity productions they just email you um so he would call so it became this whole big thing because he would call you and say hi is this Corey? yes uh hi this is david yes david i know it's you thank you for calling me and he goes you auditioned for the role of tim and noises off yes i did do you confirm that you auditioned for this yes i did uh well i'm sorry to tell you you didn't get it and this is a common joke with my friends these days like like i have friends who will still come up to me and say you didn't get it because <laughs> in high school who calls like the stage manager called you they, it wasn't like a castlet you know an elwoods moment of is that my name yeah. up on that list it was literally we would get individual phone calls and nobody would know who played what and who was cast until oh, we yeah. all talked to each other. Because this was back, this was, you know, 2008, 2009 and onward when, you know, we didn't have iPhones. It was just a kind of a different, a bit of a different world. Which yeah. is crazy for me to say now. Um, but it is, um, it's it's funny how it all, how it all kind of comes together. So, um, so he did that. I didn't get notices off. I worked in the box office and then... The spring musical came around. It was Miss Saigon. Um, the majority of the ensemble were these young baby Jewish girls with baby faces playing literal prostitutes. Like, there, they were in full prostitute garb and everything. Um, but I, I auditioned for the role. He, they, they filmed my audition. I did the callbacks. They filmed my callbacks. Uh, I then, they then followed me home that night. And I was eating dinner with my family, and we, I got the call, and it was that whole thing again of, of, is this Corey? Yes, you auditioned for the role of Tui, right? And, like, people are like, oh, that's fake because it's MTV. And I was like, no, that's literally how every audition was throughout my entire high school career, where they would call us to tell us if we got <laughs> roles or not. So it then it finally like was... Oh, it was, it was, it was so much. The, the stuff that I went through and everyone was like, oh, was it filmed? Was it scripted? Um, and none of it was. I, I, everything that happened was, was as if, um, I was just talking to, you know, somebody doing, doing my normal life. So I come, I do the audition, I get the call back, I get the role. And, uh, the last moment of the show with me is, is rehearsing for the role um, of Tui and Miss Saigon, and I get, sh spoiler alert, Tui dies in Miss Saigon, he gets shot, um, so that the end of it was me, like, like, doing some dramatic death pose on stage, and then, then it all faded to black, so. The death of Tui and the death of Corey, I guess. Exactly, that's exactly what it was, and that started off my freshman year strong. Yeah, that's a strong way to go in, I feel like the trajectory is usually you pay your dues in the ensemble, and then senior year you get you know, your, your big break. No, or... I had my best, I had my best year, sophomore year ever. Um, what was sophomore it, year? Sophomore year was, uh, two of my favorite shows ever. Um, in the fall, I played Tommy in Tommy, which was insane. 
um, its own its own crazy world in and of itself. Um, and then in the spring, I played William Barfay in Spelling Bee, but we were the very first like like not equity youth amateur production ever. We were the test, we were like the test subject for the show back in 2010. So literally nobody else uh, had done it before us that wasn't uh, Broadway or a tour or an equity theater. Yeah, which must have felt really special because I feel like when you get that that feeling of like, we're the first ones doing it. And like, yeah, it's just high school, but also like you still have that honor and, and like you get to figure it out. And this is a time I'm assuming before all these YouTube compilations and bootlegs where you can go and be like, what did this guy do and copy it? Absolutely. Like you really got, yeah. and especially in a show like Spelling Bee where it's like so much of that is improvised and finding your own bits. That's, that's really cool. It was, it was a very cool experience, you know, and, and I think of it fondly and it's funny now because every school in, in the world has done Spelling Bee at this point, but to be the very, like truly the literal very first one, um, was very special. It was cool. So Spelling Bee, notably lighter material than Miss Saigon, Tommy, somewhere, somewhere in between, did you have a preference about the stuff you liked doing at that age? Like, did Miss Saigon feel like the important stuff and that was the cool thing? Or was Spelling Bee like the comedy? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of just, I liked being able to do such variety. And I do give my my director credit in that regard because he picked shows that were pretty wide and varied. Um, You know, like, like Tommy was, what other show? I'm trying to think about all the shows I did in high school. So I did Miss Saigon, I did Gypsy, I did Tommy, I did um, Spelling Bee, and I did Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Those were the five that I did. I wasn't cast in my fall freshman play. Uh, I was cast as Wolf and Hare, and I was angry that I didn't get Burger or Claude, so I quit. My excuse was I had to study for my ACTs, so oh, I, just, okay. I, just left. <laughs> I just quit the show because I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm not into this. And then um, my junior spring, my director actually wrote a show based on Amelia Earhart. And like, you know, like when you say like, oh, your director is writing a show, like this man literally like was writing this as if this was his his be all end all piece de resistance, like like epic tale that was going to be licensed and moved to Broadway and um, be this whole big thing. So I started with a role as LaGuardia, Fiorello LaGuardia. Um, and as the, as the, the semester went on and as the rewrites went on, the part, the part got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And it didn't help that we had an, you know, an interesting dynamic just because I was, um, you know, I was me and he was him and we always clashed. So I went from having like two song, two or three songs in the show to literally having one moment at the end of a song where I, I was the button of, um, uh, of, of, of a handshake and that was my entire part of the whole show so that's that's kind of what I dealt with well now you have to do Fiorello the actual musical as a Obviously. way to like have a full circle a full moment, circle moment exactly like. yeah I don't know how, I don't yeah I mean I don't know how you feel but I'm I'm you know I I value the time I spent performing you know I I value 
I, you know, I had a great time in high school. I had a great time, you know, being at French Woods doing shows for all of those years. But I don't miss performing at all anymore. I don't know. It's that's me. What? I, oh. I, I know people. I know people feel other way. But but I I like had my moment in time, if you will, um, and kind of feel now that I had you know I had my piece and and that's that. Can you pinpoint something that was appealing about it at the time that disappeared? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a lot of it was attention. You know, I, I definitely craved attention and I craved being the center point of, of what um, everyone was, was concerned with. Um, Didn't we all? In, yeah, literally, you know. Um, but I, I liked, I, I don't know, I just, I liked, it was very freeing to me. And it was fun because I, especially at camp, you know, where I had everyone around me was also theater people and, you know, some of my closest friends to this day, um, still really much feel, you know, I, I feel like I was very free in those moments, if you will, as a, as a performance uh, theater, you know, performing theater, um, which I, I don't really have that anymore. I don't really, I guess I don't have that craving to do that. Um, I much prefer to be on the back end of it all and making it all happen behind the scenes. Yeah, kind of fascinating because like, it was this formative part of your life, as it seems. Yeah. But you just were on the wrong end of it. You didn't know at the time. You were like, I know I want to be doing something with this. Yes. I just don't want to be on the stage, which eventually you figured out, obviously. Um, but like, e even in the moment in high school, if you were getting joy out of it, was there a part of you that was like, I wonder what the producer's doing, or I wonder what it would be like to be doing I mean this? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I, I, there were, you know, I wanted to kind of do everything at the same time. I remember I also wanted to be the box office manager at the same time as I was, you know, playing Tommy and Tommy. Um, I kind of wanted every little bit of everything, you know, but I think for me, it was, it was the fact that I was always very professionally and career minded and I was very aware of my surroundings in that regard. Um, and I knew it was never going to be a career option for me, you know, looking at my friends in theater at camp and, you know, and, you know, wanting to get BFAs and going into theater and all this stuff. I had a very clear idea, um, of what they wanted. And I also had no interest in, you know, I don't want to say struggling, but, but I, I never wanted to, um, I never, I never wanted to have to like, you know, do a second job and wait for my career to begin. I kind of wanted to be ahead and, and start uh, and be mindful of that and have a career and be able to do the mix of both. You know, I feel very lucky that my passions and my professional career are kind of intertwined into one. Um, and it's, it's luckily pretty much always been that way for me. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard in high school too, because if you're into performing and want to pursue that you're making like a big decision early on where it's like do you want to get the bfa and you're committing to you know the trajectory of the next few years of your life when you're like 17 or 18 years old which totally is kind yep. of a crazy thing but i mean if you were aware of what you wanted at that age that's probably a telling thing that like all right yeah and i was I, I was craving i was craving that knowledge the whole time you know and and that you know that it, it was very like i like when i was in like like I've never felt better about myself than when I was doing those roles in high school, I have to say. Like, like something about it just clicked and, and 
you know, I, I would get in trouble with my director because I never wanted to turn it on in rehearsal. And then I would get to the theater and I would, we would be running the show, you know, in dress rehearsal or the show and I would become this completely different person. And I think for me, it was like, I, I get um, anxiety, like looking at what other people think about me in that regard. And I never wanted to do it before the hand, but then I would bring it on for the performance. And he used to get like genuinely mad at me for that. Um, yeah. Wow. I no, I, I, I haven't I thought about that. that in so long. I mean, it's a it's a level of vulnerability that you're asking like a young person to dive into. And it's one thing when you're on stage and like the lights are off and you can't see two feet in front of you. But when you're just like in a well-lit room with people you have math class with, it's like, exactly. Yes. Do I want to break down into tears right now and like belt a high A and just all this stuff that people could be judging you for and they probably are. But also like, I don't know, it's the risk that you kind of have to play with. Yeah, and I, I it, it, every every show I had the same feedback from him, being like, you don't you don't do anything. You just go through the motions and rehearsal, and then you get on stage and you bring it. What is that? How can we make that fix that? And I don't think I ever did, to be fair. Because you didn't care. Because you knew like who you were and just what was going to work for you. I think it was both. You know, I think I was definitely a bit cocky at that age, and I kind of was like, oh, just relax, trust me. And I don't think he trusted me as much as I trusted myself in that regard. I knew that I was always going to be, you know, the roles that I played, I, I, you know, as soon as I got them, I was like, yes, like these are very, like I, I was very genuinely well casted in Tommy and Spelling Bee and even Dirty Rotten. Um, that, that was a role, you know, he chose that show for the two seniors that were graduating that year, me being one of them. And I kind of wanted him, I, you know, I kind of wanted him to just be like, relax, you know, like, like chill out. I promise I'll bring it. And I definitely did. Yeah. What was it like being in Tommy? I'm really curious about that because I rarely hear of people doing that in high school. Yeah. Um, Tommy was really interesting. Um, I, I just, I had fun doing it, you know, like, like it's, it's to sing that music, to be in that rock mindset. It also, you know, I didn't really know much about The Who before I, I did the show. I, I had maybe listened to the album two or three times, but I, I thrived in singing those really high, high, high notes. And the fact that I got to do that for an entire show and sing five or six songs in that same vein were really cool. Um, <laughs> again, it's another show that has a through line of prostitution. For some reason, every show that we did in high school had some prostitution tie line to it, which is uh, <laughs> ironic. Um, so it, 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 that was, that was, you know, we did shows that high schools just wouldn't do ever yeah. touch with a 10 football, you know? Um, but it was a really, uh, it was a really cool experience. And, uh, I, I, I have never felt cooler than when I played Tommy on in, in that in high school, my junior year. Oh yeah. I can imagine. I mean, like there's that stigma in high school too, of like, the theater kids wear tights and they tap dance. And it's like, yeah, so if we're doing anything goes, but like come see Tommy and I'm belting up a who. And that's kind of like a fun thing that you can kind of own in. Absolutely. Yes. We never did the corny, you know, like I said, we never did the corny, you know, very typical Broadway musical that, that high schools so often drift towards. Um, and it's, it's funny now, you know, at Broadway plus we do work with a lot of educational uh, you know, we work with schools and colleges and, you know, bringing Broadway actors to, you know, 
oh, you're doing Legally Blonde? Let's bring Laura Bell Bundy to your school to do a workshop and stuff. And I, I hear in the office all the different schools, all the different uh, shows that people are doing. And I think back to my high school time and I said, as I, like, my director never would have touched shows like that, you know, like Adam's Family. And not to say, again, not like there's anything wrong with these shows, but he always wanted to be a little bit different and, you know, put on these massive, big, large scale productions that always looked really good. Um, and it was, it was that I did appreciate that part of it. Definitely. Do you think that if you weren't the premiere of spelling bee, he wouldn't have done it? Absolutely not. No, but, but again, at the same time, like we, we were so early in the, like, like it was so early in the process for it all, but if it had been year 10 of it, he wouldn't have done it. No way. Yeah. I mean, because I feel like every you you said it like everyone does that show now, but at yep. the time I get that. Yeah, this was two thousand and ten. Ages ago, I was. Wow, I'm I'm a grandpa. I was not in high school yet. I don't. We don't need to do the math. To you were probably out, in but... third grade. Maybe I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm not that I old. No I hope not. No, no, no. You're. I was older than that, but I don't. Was I? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you're not that old. Um, I've been wondering this, and you mentioned, like, the big production of it all that your director was into. How did you do the helicopter in Miss Saigon? Oh, we did the helicopter big. Um, so we had it on a, on a hydraulic lift where, where the, the, like, the, 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 the back, the back screens were, like, it would come off into the thing, and the helicopter was on the lift, and we would... That the tech guys were all dressed in army clothes, and they would like move the move the the, the lift, and then it would go down, and it would it would come up, and it would be um, this whole thing. But the funny thing about that lift is that um, very famously at school, two years before I started, they did Fiddler on the Roof, and Frumacera was on that lift, and she fell off the lift playing Frumacera no. and like broke her back and like sued the school. So it was this whole thing. So we weren't allowed. Nobody was allowed onto like to to, to stand on the lift that they somehow kept after Frumacera. Fell, which is ironic because from Sarah's a dead character and, and the girl almost <laughs> died, but uh, um, there. but but they I mean with lights and sound and you know like our productions like looked like a million bucks like it was it was crazy for what a high school production could do but nobody was allowed I remember nobody was allowed to stand on the elevator because everyone made the joke that the second you stand on it you would just just topple right off and fall. Yeah, you'd become from a Sarah if you went on that. I mean, it's ambitious of them Literally. to like use it again, even if no one is on it. But just exactly. Like... Oh, yeah. I feel like there's kind of two schools of thought around what you're describing. Of, I guess, like the financials of high school theater, where it's like you're either really lucky and you can go big and have a helicopter, or you can do Peter Pan and they just like jump and that's exactly how they fly I'm, and and. I mean, I never knew the finance. I never knew what the financial. I never knew anything about the budget, like anything about how how the money, you know, what the money was allotted to each show. I just know that the product came out really well. You know, we did a lot of the the typical like like staircase sets, but they were like these big metal stairs with the like you know the backdrop that's up on a on a. You know, I'm trying to think of a show, but like we did these big grand, bougie sets. Um, 
that would just be used in 30 different ways over and over and over again. But every single time it looked like a completely different show. Yeah, that's and that's just smart because I mean, for all, you know, like the budget might not have been as much as you would think it was. But like if you're just resourceful like that, where it's like you can keep reusing the same pieces. I mean, my high school, we did Anything Goes and built the huge set and then every show that i've seen there since i look at pieces and i'm like that staircase was from anything goes that exactly drop was from anything goes and everything um is like built off that um exactly yeah what a throwback wow i haven't i haven't thought about this stuff in so long i mean look you know i like like i just i googled the show and these are all there are no people of color in this in this group of people um, in your production in my production i mean there are but but in comparison i mean it's i was trying to see if i could find a photo of was there any backlash the at the time where it really was just like turned a blind eye Ab- and like absolutely none absolutely none whatsoever yeah i mean it's it's not surprising um but and and i'm sure like Everyone now talks about, like, hairspray and, like, in the heights are the ones that, like, in the whites and all totally, that. Yep. Um, but I'm sure yep. there was a lot more Miss Saigons out there that aren't getting exposed yet as being, a hundred percent. A hundred thousand percent. There's no way that there, that, that wasn't a thing, you know? And that's really interesting because this was, this was not 70 years ago. This was, and about 12, you know, I started high school in 2008, so 12 years ago is when I started, but but we were doing, like I said, these these shows that were very overtly sexual that nobody even batted an eye, no administrator, all the administrators came and loved, you know, watching their freshmen in high schools, you know, walking around getting, getting you know, lap dances from other high school freshmen in Miss Saigon, you know. So cute. Or, or we did hair. We did hair completely. I mean, we didn't do did naked. You? Nobody was okay, naked. Yeah, was Nobody was ask. naked. No, no, no. <laughs> Nobody was naked. But but we did it, you know? So it's it was it was a risky... Um, like I said, it was very... He pushed the envelope consistently. And I, I do give him credit for that. Yeah. I, it's interesting that you keep mentioning, like, prostitution, too. Because I'm thinking, and I'm like, <laughs> Les Mis has prostitutes. And, like, Rent has prostitutes. And I can think of all these Shakespeare shows that have prostitutes. So for some reason, like... Prostitution is just okay in high school theater. Like, Absolutely, we're just really letting that every one single every single show had a through line. So of when I was in high school, so Miss Saigon, so Noises Off has has a prostitute in it. Miss Saigon, there's no question. Obviously, the only one that didn't was Spelling Bee. There were no prostitutes in Spelling Bee. There's Luckily. plenty of other boundary pushing stuff there. Absolutely, but yes, just no prostitutes. Yes, yes, yes. Tommy, there were prostitutes. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, there were prostitutes. Hair, everyone's a prostitute. No, no naked prostitutes though. You when did draw you the were, line there. When you were doing all these shows, because um, I never, the straight plays I did were a little more um, adult than the musicals I did. But like I did Grease, Anything Goes, Annie. Um, were you like, did you get what was going on? Like, did you have the context to like know what Miss Saigon meant or like did hair like mean anything to you or was it just I, like, I, you're having fun? No, I think we're having fun. I, I'm thinking about it now. I don't think we had any precursor. We didn't have any history lessons or anything in that. Um, I think we just did them at, at face value. Um, and 
that's 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 what it was you know that that's what he chose and that's kind of what we did well you're probably more focused on you know like oh i gotta learn my lines or i gotta sing this song that like you absolutely even think about like what anything meant so i mean yep. it's it's understandable i get that and we never did any plays either we did one play my whole my whole four years in high school which i also thought was very interesting um oh really so what was what were your seasons like like would you do two shows a year or just like Okay. And two musicals yeah. a year? Two massive musicals a year. That's big. Two I mean, massive musicals a year. Because yeah. usually it's like the play and musical combo exactly. winter, spring, but... Yep. No, we did all my... I, I it, it probably changed after I left. There were definitely some plays in there. But um, everything that I did was was a musical except noise, my first, you know, my first noises off. But literally, even in noises off, the whole set rotated as if yeah. it was nothing. Like, it was like a massive, massive set that completely flipped back to, you know, it was a, you know, a, a thrust stage. Um, I, I don't, again, the money thing. I don't know how they afforded it, but but it, it, it they did and it worked. Well, if the director had his own office, clearly he was, you know... He, Yes, and his walls were his walls were lined with all of the different shows, all the different posters. He loved the graphic design of everything too, so he would make these graphics for each show, and they all kind of look the same, but they would all be with the different logos and include Rosalind High School in there somewhere. So his entire walls were filled with his forty years of shows on the walls, and and it was just very. <laughs> he was just a dramatic guy, you know. Yeah, what very did, dramatic. The, was the community like really into seeing your shows? Like, did people come out? Because it seems like it was a, a big deal to him and to the school at least. But, like, how did outsiders feel? Yes, I think I think outsiders thought of it more as a big deal than the people in school. I don't, you know, I don't oh, remember. Every, yeah, I don't think I don't remember like a ton of people coming to see the show. But I re- like I like I said, I remember being a younger kid and going to see RCP shows. Um, but. <clears throat> It was definitely um, a lot of younger kids would come. A lot of the older, you know, there's a lot. There's, there was a very big older contingent of grandmas and grandpas who would come see it every year. I remember, but we used to. I mean, our audience was probably, I don't know. It must we must have had eight hundred, nine hundred seats in that theater, and every single one of them was filled for every show, oh, without wow. a doubt. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, people definitely showed up. Yeah. No, that's such a great self-esteem boost when you're in high school. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, you mentioned the attention thing, and it's like, when else are you going to get 800 people's undivided right. attention? Maybe never again class- in your life. Never again in your life. And then it's also the classic, like, I remember after the show, you would get dressed and then, like, open the cafeteria doors into the lobby where the theater was. Yep. And everyone would cheer for you, and they would all come up to you and, like, absolutely fawn over you. And I remember, like, feeling like a celebrity at that moment. Like, Tommy... I specifically remember coming out and, and like having all of these adoring fans. Like I was, you know, the head of our, our, you know, if I was in the Rolling Stones or whatever, it was crazy. Yeah. And then the nice thing too was always like, you would go to history class the next day and teacher would be like, oh, I saw you in the show. You were good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I remember I, tried, I pushed my, I, I was trying to get my um, AP US teacher to write my recommendation at the time and it was like a big deal to get him to he was very selective about the apps that he would so i got i bought him a ticket to the show and brought it to him and said i'd really like you to come to see the show and he saw the show and the next day he agreed to write my application so i did something right there 
Yeah. That's my producer's that's my producer son Sydney. Yeah, give someone a comp and they'll give you a good review. I mean Manipulation. That's... Full full manipulation there. Wow. I mean it's it's sneaky, but it's also kind of brilliant. So I'm not gonna I'm not I gonna had a, I had a good that. track record, what can I say? With the other teachers but not your your drama teacher? Not with him. No no no. Absolutely not. Because I okay. spent the most time with him too, you know. He was very, you know, we, he, he taught chorus and he taught the like extracurricular, like, you know, like more elite chorus and RCP and, you know, I, I'd have rehearsals with him. So I spent a lot of time with him and I, I think that he was very privy to my BS very fast and, and to my, to his credit, definitely called me out on it, which I appreciate now, certainly, but nobody spent as much time with me as he did. So do you feel like you learned a lot? From him? No, I don't actually. I, I mean, like I learned, I learned how, I, I think I learned how people, how teachers can be shitty. You know, they can be shitty people, you know, like, like it was, it was a love hate relationship across the board. And you know, yeah. there were moments where he was great, but there were moments where he a hundred percent was abusive and, um, uh, you know, treated us like we were Broadway stars in, in both sense, you know, in a good sense and a bad sense, you know, he would yeah. flip moment, moment to moment would be, you know, would be very high highs and very low lows. And he took, definitely took that out on us. Um, he was very, very, he was a very dramatic man. Yeah. It's like the movie Whiplash, like that kind of relationship. Back and forth and back and forth. Yes. Yeah. And, and he took it, he definitely took it out on me because I was, um, I was definitely a center point of his, his arts offerings at school and um i think he knew that he could fuck with me a little bit in that regard yeah and i mean even if you weren't learning directly from him it seems like you were like learning through him in the sense like it was character building or like i learned how to navigate people that i disagree with and succeed regardless so i mean there is something to be said about that like and but that's more a reflection of, of you than him i would say so you're totally right about that that's a good way of putting it yeah. Um, is there any other shows that you feel like are worth mentioning before we wrap up? Hmm. I mean, my last, my last show was Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which was definitely a lot of fun. It wasn't like the piece de to me, the way that Spelling Bee and Tommy were. Um, but it was a great way to kind of wrap up my career. Like it was, it was a very good, like, you know, like, like, like you, you kind of at the end of that show, they both like kind of sign off for good. And I thought that was a really good ode to the, the goodbye, you know, the, the end of high school, moving into college and starting my life. Um, so I, rem- I specifically remember that, um, that moment and, and that time, you know, like how that was like a good closing chapter and, you know, putting a close to that book and starting a new one. Yeah, you you get emotional, or was it just like cathartic? I think I did. Yeah, I think I did actually. I think that was the one time where I I do remember that last night definitely getting a bit like, like you know like emotional, but also like excited emotional. You know, like like wow, I'm so excited to start my time at BU, and I'm excited to get out of Roslyn and start my life. And you know, my high school yearbook quote was the only permanence in life is change, which is. Very, dramatic, very deep, but very, very deep. But I was, re- I was certainly ready for a change at that point. So it was, it was a really good way to kind of close that, as I said, close that book and, and start a new one. And 
a new one I certainly did start. Yeah, I mean, it would, yeah, like you said, like it was it was a chapter, um, a thick chapter, I imagine. But I mean, here you are, so it was it was growing. It didn't seem like it was all too educational in some respects, but it was definitely growing. I was, I, I gather that's a great that's a great way of putting it. Yes, it was definitely a learning experience. Gotcha. Um, great. Okay, so the last thing I have to ask you then, and you can take a second to think about it if you need. Um, if you had to describe your high school theater experience in one word, what would that word be? Dramatic. Okay. In what sense in, of the in, word? In a good in a good way and a bad way. You know, I think I think it was just like like I was so um aware of, of who I was and my surroundings and you know, like I decided that I didn't like the part that I got in hair and I was just like, I'm not doing it. And I was so happy to have my, you know, like I wasn't craving, I loved it. Don't get me wrong, but I wasn't like craving it. Like, like if I wasn't in the room or I wasn't with the people doing theater, I would pass out and die. Um, I, I liked having my afternoons and having my car and being able to do my thing and kind of wave to everyone from the back. <laughs> so it was this interesting, like, like, you know, like I really thrived in those moments where I had the attention, but at the same time, and I think that really translates to now, I didn't mind being kind of taking the back seat and, you know, having, knowing that I took a part in a different way. Um, so uh, it was, it was definitely, I, um, at the end of every year, the senior class signs like a poster board and then they frame it and put that in the, the dressing room hallway. Um, and I remember specifically writing, uh, it's been one hell of a ride. And uh, one hell of a ride it definitely was. Not not yeah. even being dramatic, like just it, it was it was very tumultuous. Objectively, in both speaking. a good way. Yeah, objectively speaking, both in a good way and a bad way. So yeah. I had a lot happening, and obviously with True Life, I was shot right out of a cannon. You know, having MTV cameras follow me everywhere. So yeah. <laughs> it was it was crazy. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing all these intimate details about your reality TV stardom and high school theater experience. I um, try. I tried to give nothing, nothing but honesty to you, Michael. I appreciate it. And I think everyone else will appreciate it as well. I too. hope so. Thank you for coming on and thank you to everyone for listening to uh, Corey Steinfest, everybody. Thanks for listening to Cast Party. High School Theater Revisited. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Cast Party Pod for all the latest updates. See you next time.